Horns up, 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 horns up. Is that is that enough? Sorry. Yeah. Are you going to do it 38 times? No, I'm not going to do it 38 times. This was only to uh, satisfy you because you went on a whole diatribe last week and were so angry with me because we forgot to say horns up at the end of the episode. Yeah, which was kind of weird, but hey, no one kind of said anything to us, so I don't think anyone missed it. I don't think anybody heard in any ways. Yeah. yeah. With that being said, yes, as you can probably hear with all this ambience now, uh, we are back in Starbucks, although it's not the Starbucks that we generally record in, which is why you hear all this ambience sound, because this Starbucks is like way too loud. Yeah, but this episode is kind of different because it's not just two of us, right? Of course, it's not just two of us. And that's because this week, Horns Up is going hardcore. So without further ado, let me first introduce to you one of my closest friends. This is Arun Singh Ravi. He's... Uh, the frontman, guitarist, vocalist, brainchild for the Riot Peddlers. That's and me. <laughs> <laughs> Punkwala Arun Slime. For years, I just knew him at that guy at all gigs with a mohawk, man. Yeah, we've stopped doing that. Yeah, is that Okay, so wait. Uh, why you're here talking with us at the moment is, now think of it this way. Horns Up is primarily a metal podcast, right? And yeah. Peter and I are metalheads. And yet today, we want to try and talk hardcore. So Arun, can you help us understand what hardcore is and why it's so, uh, not confused, but why it's almost metal or more metal than metal? And I don't know. It's always been a brother or sister to metal. Where do I start? So hardcore is a genre of subgenre of punk that was formed right after the 70s, like the late 70s movement of punk rock, which were bands like the Sex Pistols and Ramones and stuff. And there were lots of kids in the States and even in the UK that liked that kind of music, but felt that it lacked a certain amount of energy. And like these kids were these really low attention span, spanny sort of kids who were like, yeah, I like that, but something that's a little faster than this you know, and these people were into like kind of metal, but just not that. You know, not like you should be able to understand what the what the guys are saying. It should just be fast. The song should end quickly. And these kind of these kids kind of like bands like Minor Threat, like Agnostic Front and Sick of It All. These guys played music that was really really fast, and they played like 15 songs and like. 10 minutes and kids really liked that in the 80s and they're like wow this is really cool and it was all politically charged and you know like fuck the government like fuck everyone we're here we're doing this together you know th that was the kind of vibe and that was basically what the hardcore scene was especially in the states at the time there was there were like a few guys in japan sob right yeah there were some bands i um, forgot there was i think there was gauze or gaze which was a 80s band from Japan. There were some uh, UK bands, but the most of the bands that I listened to were US-based and they were in the 80s. And I was like, fuck, this is really, really cool. And we did have Tripwire in India that was playing punk, which was again like the 79, 78 American punk. And I realized that no one over here listens to hardcore or knows what hardcore is. Uh, but it's such a huge, fast genre and they listen to metal, so why isn't this like a thing here? Which is why I decided that we should probably play hardcore. 
No, and and hardcore in the states has been very influential, not yeah. just on like on multiple subgenres of metal. You had uh, Metallica and all influenced by them. Yeah. On one end, and then you had all the guys who ended up doing grindcore. Slayer. So Slayer has like a album yeah. undisputed. Exactly. Which is yeah. Just yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was actually the album that uh, I told you that I uh, I'm a huge fan of oh. before coming on to. Uh, but was I don't know. Did you really like that? <laughs> I fucking loved it because yeah. at that time I was so that Slayer album was my gateway to finding out about bands like Minor Threat etc because I remember they did cover a Minor Threat song in that yeah uh, on that album yeah, and that entire sound of being white I yeah. Think. yeah yeah and that entire soundscape of what is essentially Slayer without it being uh, if you strip away Slayer to its very core which is the rhythm the riff the bass and the drums and the staccato vocal style it's hardcore because yeah. the drummer there is playing d beats yeah yeah right is. like really fast d beats yeah it's heavily influenced by 80s hardcore bands and and for me actually i discovered hardcore the other way around like i started listening to a lot of grindcore bands and that's the thing where we did it we spoke about it in the episode with Doug Brown how kind of like grindcore and hardcore just kind of went their own way but at the very essence yeah hardcore but is actually hardcore plus death yeah. metal plus something yeah. else it is but yeah. it's basically just like so it was, it was really cool just to see like go back and go exactly all the bands that you talked about man yeah. minor threat and stuff like that so i don't this is something that i've been like wanting to ask you because we've never actually actually talked music together a lot right yeah, that's true yeah. we've played we, music a lot we played music a lot but we don't actually talk music a lot so tell me something is there a differentiator between hardcore and metal what is that difference i mean at the very base of it this comes because you consider the right peddlers and the way we are booked if we are booked ever however little that is in a year <laughs> but uh, people tell us that we are too we are too aggressive to be an alternative band so we don't get booked on to those gigs or an independent band yeah. and we are not metal enough to be on a metal show well, which is also so. i think I which think is also a weird thing no i don't think it's like i don't know i don't i i used to think about this but i don't really agree with the we aren't heavy enough to sound like a metal band that's something that we used to say in like press and stuff because people won't actually they would ask us what is hardcore and then we would say something like it's not heavy enough to be literally like a metal band and it's not uh, and it's way more aggressive than alternative but i feel like it could totally fit in with the metal vibe and the the way metal is right now man i'm Easy. i'm i'm going to go way ahead in our conversation yeah. but as somebody who's watched you guys twice in the last year you guys are pretty metal from the stuff that you're going to be putting yeah. sorry i went way ahead of ourselves <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's we'll true talk so about i that. don't yeah. i don't we'll feel talk like about that eventually yeah I just okay. feel like understanding wise it's easier for people to understand that hey the guys singing with clean vocals he isn't growling really so it's not really metal that in that sense but he is screaming <laughs> and we can understand him exactly. it sounds way heavier yeah, than alternative yeah 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 all right okay cool cuz i don't know too many only clean vocal metal bands hmm you should you should look into power metal <laughs> Power metal. Power metal. No, but like you know, there, there was that whole movement. I mean, you you brought up uh, Tripwire, but then yeah. suddenly in India itself, you had a lot of post-hardcore bands, right? 
Yeah. And, and I wasn't really, so the thing is that during the time when Tripwire was playing, I wasn't, I really liked Tripwire because I, they were playing songs that I still liked to some level. Like they were playing Blink-22 covers and stuff and I really yeah. liked those, those, that kind of stuff. But I always wish that there was something which wasn't metal, which was punk still, which had that D beat happening. It was really aggressive, but I just did not find it. It just wasn't there. Now yeah. we have it with bands like Pacifist, maybe, and Death by Fungi for sure. But at that time, it just didn't exist. There just wasn't anyone who was saying, and at a certain point I was thinking that, hey, maybe guys just want to like fucking hide their accent, which is why they growl in metal bands. <laughs> and then makes them sound more international. That's what I thought, which is why we don't have any clean vocal guys. And if I used to get a lot of flack because I used to, I don't give a fuck about my accent and shit, but I used to be on a lot of punk forums and stuff and they're like, guys are like, you know, it's kind of weird hearing a guy with an Indian accent kind of sing this genre. And I'm pretty sure metal guys don't have to give a fuck about that because they're growling, right? Yeah. But I literally didn't give a shit and people understood that we don't give a shit and still we had like a lot of, like a lot of fans on Facebook at that point. Yeah. No, I, you're saying all of this. I still remember. Uh, so, wait, when did Riot Peddlers form officially? 2010. 10. Okay, so yeah. I my introduction to you guys was, I think your first single that you all put out, right? Which one was the single? It was the two two of Saw you. Saw and Chai Yeah, Saw Rupiah and stuff. Yeah. And for me, the strange part was like, wait, there's an Indian band singing these lyrics in... A punk band. What's going on over here, right? Yeah, because that was the main premise of the band, which is stuff that happens in Bombay. Yeah. Plus, yeah, I mean, it was just really random. Yeah, but I, for yeah. me, that was like, okay, it is one of the things that really get your attention. Like, what are yeah. these guys all about? And then you want to, like, figure out further stuff. So that was really cool. And then, yeah. of course, then it doesn't matter. You have to sing in Hindi. You don't have an accent, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's true. So that's... And I don't know why no one like took advantage of this like knowing that you could just sing metal hindi metal i mean this happening now but yeah. I, back then i didn't know or didn't find any bands that were mostly hindi metal proper like death metal any metal kind of bands all right i think you know peter uh, we should get arun on as a and get him and like like devote one entire episode to him i agree okay me too yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, and w the reason, the only reason why I'm cutting this one short at the moment is because we managed to get uh, Mike Gallo from Agnostic Front to chat with us and since both Peter and I aren't really hardcore kids, uh, I decided or we decided to invite Arun onto this chat and Yay. let him steer the conversation too. Uh, Arun, let's just just give us a perspective of why Agnostic Front is considered to be this godfather of hardcore kind of a band? In one line. <laughs> wow. You've upped the auntie. You've placed the auntie upstairs. <laughs> because they were one of the first hardcore punk bands, man. They just were. They were just one of the first hardcore punk bands. These guys were one of the guys. And we, uh, the Riot Peddlers, are a crossover thrash band, which is more metal sounding hardcore. So what I'm saying is that they were one of the first hardcore bands that I had been introduced to, which wasn't just hardcore, which was crossover, which was crossover thrash. And that's what our band eventually became. So for me, I know that they're called the godfathers of uh, hardcore on their own. But for me, like it has like a more special meaning because they've influenced us to be kind of like them. Awesome. But being unique in at the same time. All right. So here it is. Here's the conversation uh, with Agnostic France bassist Mike Gallo. 
Welcome to the show, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing well, man. We're doing very well. Awesome, man. It's good to hear from you guys all the way from India. Yeah. Uh, congratulations cool, on album number 12, right? That's album number 12. Get Loud. I believe so. <laughs> Get Loud. What a great title. I, I'd assume it's to do with speaking up and speaking out. Absolutely. It's just with, you know, with everything going on in the world now, you know, it, 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 it's a crazy world we live in, you know, and um, I think it's always been a little bit crazy. And it's, I think, I think it's always going to be crazy no matter what, you know what I mean? But like, in order for us to have an opinion and or even make some sort of changes, you know, and I, I know that maybe our little voices may not be able to change the world, but at least it can make a difference. You know what I mean? So, you know, you get loud, get up, you know, get mad, get get involved. It's just, you know, it's it's a, it is a great track. I I I love I love the name of this record. I think it's really speaks up. It's it's um it's powerful and um it has a powerful meaning. You know, it's it's something that everybody can relate to. Going on from that, what all does Agnostic Front have to speak up about in this day and age? What all are you getting loud about? Well, you know, I mean, for instance, we had anything. I mean, you know, especially speaking of of things of like um, the one, especially one song as a um, a video we're doing for is a song called "Conquer and Divide," and um, basically, I think I think it has to do a lot with how, especially I don't know, you know, what's going on today in American politics, you know, and it's just like I feel that like the government has a lot to do with. The fact that um, they're dividing the country, they're dividing the people with um, all their scare tactics, and especially, you know, putting like, you know, President Trump, and you know, as a president. And I believe that, like, I believe it's all. I believe everything that he says, they're telling him to say, to, to get the people on a rise. You know what I mean? And get the people to um, to distract them. You know what I mean? So it's like we're so distracted by his, you know, great things he says that, that are crazy. And, um, you know, meanwhile, you know, everyone's so focusing on that. And then, you know, behind our backs, they're, they're, they're pulling other schemes, you know. And, and then all they're doing is, um, you know, bottom line, when it, when it comes down to, you know, the rich are going to be rich and the poor are going to be poor, you know. And they're dividing this country. And um, I think it's terrible, you know. I mean, it's... It, I don't think it's really a good thing as far as, you know, as a country being separated, the people, a lot of people aren't getting along now, and it's terrible, you know? I mean, it's like, the, no matter, like, what we believe in politically, um, everyone everyone should have their voice, everyone should have their opinion, and not everybody's going to, like, always get along and agree with each other, you know what I mean? So, but yeah. that doesn't mean we can't get along, you know what I mean? Damn. It's just something yeah. that... that that we like to speak on, and it bothers us, you know what I mean? We just want to let there's more people in the world to be aware of this, you know? And, and, um, yeah. That's the problem. What's the issue, you know? What you've just said uh, rings pretty true of India as well at the moment, unfortunately. Um, so l- let me ask you as a follow-up, what then is the role of music uh, in these times? 
Well, what's great is the fact that us as a band, we can reach out to a lot of people. You know what I mean? And people can hear hear where we're coming from, and you know, hopefully they can relate to us. You know. So what's, what's great is musically. Um, in fact, I I just did a, a movie interview for uh, um, uh, on um, on street art and punk rock and like kind of uh-huh. like like kind of like you know, how how they tie together and stuff. You know, and it's like well, like, musically we can spread a voice through the internet and you know uh, to be heard. You know, with with um, with art, you know, people are doing you know shock art and stuff where that's a visual. With people putting stuff on walls, like for instance, like artists like Banksy and guys like that, you know, and um, you know things like Decline. They're, they're making they're making a point. They're getting the message across visually. We're doing it, but yeah, actually, we could do we're doing it um, visually also with, with, with videos too nowadays. That you, yeah, you know? but, but musically, you know, you know, we're getting our point across. You know? So it's really great that we have that platform to leap off of. You know. Yeah. Uh, are there any noticeable changes in the songwriting and the recording process for Get Loud? Well, you're talking about the whole recording process. Yeah, like what is your recording process like usually? Well, you know, we do a lot of the stuff on the road. Oh, yeah? And, um, yeah, because we spend so much time on the road, we put a lot of stuff together on the road. Sound checks, you know. We spend a lot of time with each other, so, you know, it, 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 it's good to be creative on the road and um, just some fighting and it just, you know, it, it's a positive, you know, to create together as a band, you know, and really make things, um, you know, things to life, you know, and, um, but um, it's, an, I mean, I think it's a great thing where we're able to have our outlet, you know, and to, um, you know, come together as a band and, you know, and get our, get our point across and, um, when it comes to the writing thing, we all pretty much do it all together. Um, whether we're home and we send ideas via the internet. But we were actually supposed to record this record in December. Okay. okay. And in order for in order for us to um to to to, to get on the festivals in Europe and stuff, there's always a timeline. There's a deadline. Uh huh. So, what we did was um. We really busted our ass <laughs> you know, to, get, to get to get stuff done. You know, we, had, we basically had no choice. And I think under pressure, we really came together, and I think we do good under pressure. And um, I think we put I think we put our best record out to date. You know, and um, you know, it's all of us together doing our things. And me and Roger did all the vocals, and um, as a band, we all did the music together. But it was, it was definitely um, an intense time. Of just almost being like, oh my god, we're gonna record this record, and um, you know, I mean, sometimes when the pressure's on, it gets real, you know. And um, I think it's really, think it just came together really good, really amazing, and I'm really happy with the outcome of it. Yeah, and the artwork's pretty cool as well. So, what was it like getting the album artist for Cause for Alarm, which is Sean? Uh, to do the this album's artwork again with the same style, like over 30 years later. Well, you know, it's cool because I really kind of feel that, like, um, it, he well, he did the course, the course for a warm record, and um, we really feel that, like, this record kind of had that vibe, you know? So when me and Roger were, were talking about 
artwork and stuff, you know, I I do a lot of artwork myself, and I do uh-huh. a couple ideas out of it. He he really liked it. He goes, I like it because I kind of feel it's a little artsy. You know what I mean? He's like, I think this record is. is he goes, I don't. He goes, I don't think it fits what. The, you know, like the the vibe of the record, and I said, I tell you to be, to be honest with you, I was like, I, I feel you're right, you know. And um, I said, I know it's my artwork, but um, I think he was right, and he, he, and he you know, he goes, I think it, this record really has that thrash vibe. So we we're like, well, maybe you know, maybe um, maybe we'll ask Sean Taggart to do it. And we were like, that's it's a really cool idea. It's a throwback, and um, Sean, we asked him, he was all he hopped on board right away. He was totally digging the whole idea of it, and um, yeah, I, mean, I think it's just I, it was the best thing to do. It was really kind of like the icing on the cake for the record. Right. Okay, so uh, let uh, let's cue up a track from Get Loud. Which one would you like our audience to hear, and why choose that particular track? Um, well, I'm gonna have to go with the um, well, it's a, it's a personal track. Um, which is um, why I, I think it's so special, and um, it really brings you back to the time of how Vinny and Roger met, and um, you know they they started their um, they started their legacy, you know. And uh, you're talking about I, I remember. Back. Yes, I remember. Oh, I just watched that video. And, uh, so um, it's really cool because even Vinny has a vocal track on the record. He sings half of one of the verses after the second verse he sings on. So it's definitely personal to anyone that's a real true fan of the band. And I think that uh, it really comes off. And um, I think it's a real personal song. I think that our fans will really dig it. Lovely. So here is I Remember from Agnostic Front's new album, Get Loud. I remember Finney, me and you. 87 and the alias crow. United Blood put us on the map.
All right, so Chromax, Warzone, Murphy's Law, Agnostic Front, sick of it all. <laughs> CBGBs is where it all began. The music, the lifestyle we represent. How integral was CBGBs in making you the guys who you are today? Well, you know, the whole New York hardcore scene is is very special to me, especially. Um, you know, I, I, I to be totally honest, with you, I remember always remember like, as being being a young kid and. And I be, have to be honest with you, I, I, I feel like um, as a kid, it, it took me a little while to find myself, you know what I mean, it was really who I really was. And, so, but, and I feel like the music and the message, the message of New York hardcore about being yourself, standing up for yourself, what you believe in, and that, that music really helped me, helped help me mentally, like, as a person, you know, as not to be afraid to voice your own opinion or you know, to be yourself and never mind what everybody else believes. You know what I mean? And I really, I feel I have New York hardcore to thank for that. You know what I mean? Like, I always feel like as a kid, I was always kind of like a little bit of a follower. I was following my friends or whatever they did. And it's helped me become my own person, you know? So that alone is, is a pretty powerful thing. Yeah, but uh, how how much of it, how much of Agnostic Front and uh, would you credit to like the scene in CBGBs in particular, because you guys uh, bring it up in many of your songs and it seemed like a really important part uh, of your lives. CBGBs? Well, it was just an... Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, just, it was a really special place, you know, and I feel like if, if you haven't been there, it's kind of hard to... Um, it's kind of hard to actually... Like, if you haven't been there, you, you never really felt the vibe of, it, of the place, but it was just especially with the, you know, the, um, the early matinees and stuff, you know, starting that whole scene that has actually become, I mean, look, I'm on the phone with you in India. It's incredible that it's reached worldwide. You know what I mean? So like, but, yeah, but DBGBs was a special place at time when the, mu- the music and the hardcore scene, they, each band had their own sound, you know, and CBGBs was the place that really, at the time, kept hardcore alive. You know, it gave it a scene where people can come from all over the world and get away from their everyday problems. It's a pretty special thing, you know what I mean? And the place just really had an effect on so many people that uh, it was just, you know, the the place is incredible. It's a real shame that it wasn't able to be saved because I feel like the music industry took a huge blow, especially in New York, you know, like, and then from there, you know, so many other places kept closing down as well, you know? And that's really, it, it changed New York, you know? So losing CBGBs was a, was a critical loss to the music scene, to the New York scene. Is there any other place that's considered like the new CBGBs? Like today, right now? Yeah, right now. Well, you know, well, right now, what's actually pretty cool is there was another place back in the day that used to have called the A7. Now it was bought and sold I, I believe who owns it now is a guy named Jesse Mallon, who's a friend of ours. And um, he, play, he called the place Niagara. Now, they, they do, sh- they do sh- Sunday matinee shows now there, which is pretty cool. And it's got that same kind of vibe that CBGBs used to have. I mean, the place is not as big, but they're still doing really small shows. But it's great. It has that feel, you know, and it gives you that, it takes you back to that time. So I would say Niagara right now is the place 
when they're doing the matinees again. It's, it's just been a lot. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, sweet. That's cool. Yeah. What do you think it is about the streets of uh, New York that inspires New York hardcore bands to speak about brotherhood, unity, family? Because well, you know, it, it's it's really yeah. it's really important because I think that especially like when. I know, um, like speaking like Roger and Vinny and them, you know, at, at the times they, they were coming from, um, you know, troubled homes and a lot of, you know, family problems. So I feel that like when they got, you know, whenever all the kids got together back then, you know, they, they built their own family, their own community, and they felt that they all had to stick together because it's all they had. You know what I mean? So to them, yeah. brotherhood, was a was a, was a really special thing that they really needed. They needed each other because they were dealing with such crazy times, you know, like having problems in their families, and you know that's what, where most of most of the kids. I'm saying everyone was, but you know most of these kids were, um, you know, they came here to be themselves to get away from their everyday problems, and together as friends, they created an amazing community together, an amazing amazing scene you know so so the, the unity is what kept everybody together and that's why it's such an important thing to um i mean it's in, in general whatever you do whatever scene you come from it's it's important to have good friends and close friends you know what i mean like i know a lot of people you know some people like you know I, my friends that i grew up with even from high school so if i still speak to them too you know I mean, i'm still friendly with them i get to them it's important to keep real friends in your life you know to have these people with you it's um you know if you're ever in need you got a real person that's going to back you up and likewise you know what i mean it feels good to be there for somebody to help somebody you know just just like not like helping somebody and like expecting something in return you know what i mean like you yeah. know it, it feels good to just do something good for somebody you know so it's you know it, all that all ties in together you know and since we've been talking so much about the sound uh here's a little bit of a uh slightly philosophical question if i may peg it as that has the definition sure. or your understanding of hardcore changed since you were a kid how has it changed has it changed and if so how has, has it changed? changed you know um i feel that like i feel like the message has not changed musically um things have to change a little bit, you know what I mean? Like different influences, different types of music and, and you know what bands, not every band wants to sound the same, you know what I mean? So like in order to like do something interesting or do something that's not generic or the same as everybody else, you have to reach out to get different influences, you know? So musically, some of the stuff has changed. Different bands have added all different styles of music to the hardcore sound, you know what I mean? Which I think is great, you know what I mean? Like, you need to, nothing can always just stay the same or always get stale. Just nobody will be interested in it anymore, you know? But I feel like, I feel like the message is pretty much still the same. It's still there, it's still got still the same spirit, the heart, you know? And even the energies of the show is what, like, always made me love hardcore because it's made it so much different from everything else, you know? Like, I remember seeing Murphy's Law. It was the first hardcore band I've ever seen. And it's been taken by surprise and me. Like, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like this before. This is incredible. Because, like, the crowd reacts with the band. And, and that's what makes the whole show. And, 
and you know, and that's and that hasn't changed with hardcore either, you know. So it's just like I feel like maybe musically it's changed a little bit here and there, but I feel like the message is still strong and it's still the same. And um, you know, I think that um, I think this is a style of music. You know, sometimes you hear oh, hardcore's dead, punk rock's dead, this and that. This music and the message is way too strong. The energy. It'll never die. I, this is a genre of music that's here to stay forever. It's never, it's it's never gonna go away. Yeah, that's true, man. What other uh, bands uh, do Agnostic Front look up to the most? Um, you know, I it definitely, you know, I mean, it's definitely bands like there was, um, of course, the Ramones, which is like, you know, yeah. they were New York City's band. You know what I mean? If it wasn't for them a lot of this stuff, you know, wouldn't have happened, you know, yeah. especially in New York. Um, there was the Ramones, the Misfits, you know, and then there's bands like, you know, Cockney Rejects, the Blitz, the Business. You know, these are these are bands that have, um, you know, Black Flag. These are bands that really, Bad Brain, you know, that really um, influenced agnostic front into you know being what they are today all right now you've been agnostic front has been dubbed the godfathers of hardcore and that's a huge honor uh, that's been bestowed on the band as such and I, a lot of us would say that it holds true because of the longevity of the consistency the fact that you guys have been doing this for so long so two questions on that the first one being, mm-hmm. what's the secret sauce behind this longevity? And secondly, how, how do you guys live up to the mantle of being the godfathers of hardcore? <laughs> you know, I, I feel like agnostic front, I mean, obviously, they were far from the first the first hardcore band. You know what I mean? They, they're not the first, you know what I mean? But they got given the name the godfathers. Because I really feel that they're the people's band. You know what I mean? Like, if you come to Agnostic Front Show, you'll see us hanging out in the crowd, especially Stigma. He, you know, he really makes everybody feel a part of this. You know what I mean? And he makes them feel welcomed. And people want to come back to see him. And people want to, um, you know, they want to come back to see Roger. And because these guys are real personal people. They're real people. You know what I mean? Like, um... It's different, you know. For instance, for instance, the, the other um, we were on tour last week. I forget what what the name of the younger band was, and we're hanging out. Me and Stig were hanging out and talking to them and bullshit. And, and the guy turns around to us. And he's like, "Man, I can't believe you guys are talking to us. What do you mean <laughs> you're talking to us? Like, he's like, no, man. He's like, you know, all these other bands, no one talks to us. Like, you guys sharing your backstage and." Like, this is so cool of you guys, you know, like, it's because, you know, like, we, we're accepting as people, you know what I mean? Like, we're real, you know what I mean? And, like, you know, like, we try to make everyone feel a part of this. And, and that's what is different from Agnostic Front than everybody else. You know, we are, we are the people's band. And um, we love this. We love what we do, you know? And then, like, I, I think, like, what keeps us from, from doing this keep, keeps it going, you know? It's just like, I can't tell you how many times somebody will walk up to us and just be like, man, you know, <clears throat> you know, your lyrics, your music 
really helps me get through the, my, the struggles of my everyday life, you know, and it helps, it just makes things easier, you know, and um, that alone, just like to, to, to actually think that like we, we're actually making a purpose. We're making, you know, we're helping people like, like, you know, get by and like, you know, just how much their music, our music means to them. It's just, it's a pretty incredible thing to hear. You know what I mean? Just like, because we just basically do this because we love it. And, you know, and it's just like, this is how we feel. And we just try to bring our music to, to everybody. And, you know, and just to have people actually um, tell us how much it affects their lives and how much it makes their lives better. You know, I, I makes you, I can rest my head at night and just be like, you know what? I made a difference. We made a difference, you know, like, this is something that is real, and that's why, uh, that's why we're still doing it 38 years later. Yeah, man, and 38 years is like a really long time, especially if you listen to, I mean, after listening to your latest album, it seems like you guys have the energy that you guys had in the 80s, and that's that's absolutely incredible. How are you guys so consistent? Like, most bands usually, like, at, after a certain point, they kind of change their sound or they go for something else. You guys are just fucking brutal, man. <laughs> like, every album is just, like, yeah. just exactly what I would expect from Agnostic Front. Uh, do you guys, like, talk about this? So this naturally just happens? or? I mean, you know, I, we still love this. We still listen to this music. We still are current. We still hang out with the young kids. We bring younger bands on on the road with us, and they, even they inspire us to keep the fire going. You know, these young kids on stage going nuts. <laughs> They're like, hey, we got to keep up with these kids, you know? But, um, you know, we don't lose the fire because this is our lives. This is what we love. This is what we do, you know? You know, I, I don't understand. You know, I know it's hard with bands. It's hard to keep the band together, you know? But these bands, they break up. They come back together. They do a reunion show. They make a million dollars or for this and that, like, you know, I mean, whatever. I mean, whatever. whatever. Not that bad. You know, we want to give. We don't want to just take. You know what I mean? We want to. We want to give back to to the to, to the hardcore, and um, that that's what we're about. You know what I mean? And I think um, I think there's a difference. Not not every band is like that. Yeah, and you've been okay. for a really long time, man. <laughs> you just keep. <laughs> so, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, the band's 38 years old. I'm only 44, you know, <laughs> and I've been with them for 18 years and that's a freaking long time, but it, yeah. it is, you know, like, so it's, um, it's pretty wild. So, okay. So Mike, uh, the last question, the final question, what's it going to take to get agnostic front to come to India? Oh my God. Somebody just buy us a plane ticket so we can afford to get there. I would love to go there. Wait, Holy shit, if that's all that it'll take, I kid you not, we can, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, then Let's it just means it. saving up a bit. <laughs> you know, because, man, I'd love to go there. I mean, I really would. It's just, you know, I couldn't even believe it. I just saw a phone call coming in from India. I was like, holy shit. I was like, <laughs> I was like wow, I, wasn't, I didn't even know people like hardcore in India. Yeah. But um, it's amazing. It's incredible. I would love, love, love to go there. You know, yeah. I mean, just I think it all it all matters of like you know, you know, it's, it's you know it's tough to go all the way to India. You know what I mean? It would I, yeah. I don't you know I don't know how much how many people like hardcore there. You know what I mean? It's tough. It's it's, it's a lot of money, but I mean, man, if, if any way possible, 
I would say financially, that's the only thing. I mean, we'd love to come there. I don't know what, right. what else, you know, to release. You should know that Agnostic Front and, and the and the New York hardcore scene, including some guys from Washington, D.C., have inspired, like, a hardcore scene here in India. So we actually do have, like, a, a bunch of bands uh, that play here, which are full, fully hardcore and crossover thrash. That's amazing. That's great to hear. <laughs> yeah, inspired yeah. by you. The message lives on. Oh, cool, Alrighty. Thank uh, you for your on time. That note, on that note, thank you so much, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Uh, horns up and Absolutely. keep doing what you guys are doing. Thanks, Thanks buddy, man. Great to talk to you. Arun? Yes. Happy? Yes, super, super happy. That was amazing, man. I'm just so glad I got to speak to him. Just felt great. <laughs> like you don't, like you always put these guys as like these other superhumans who you just see from a distance. I don't feel like you ever get too close to them to be able to like speak to them like the way we just did. That was <laughs> insane, man. I think Peter, I think I think at 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 Honsa we can uh, try and do this more often. Where last week I know you were thrilled because you got to interview one of your heroes, Carl Sanders. This week we got Arun to in, to essentially chat with one of his heroes. So I'm going to use this as a cheap marketing plug and say, Horns up, we make dreams happen. <laughs> so if you. <laughs> I, I, I was expecting it to go another way. It's like, okay, cheap marketing plug or cheap plug, shout out. Let, let, me, take, let me steer this conversation for a bit. So, Anamesh, if we have to make your dreams happen, who do you want on the podcast next? Steve Harris. Okay. <laughs> I have to write to Iron Maiden Holdings LLC. <laughs> Look up their email address. Uh, but yeah, man, that would be killer. But just coming back <laughs> for a second to our conversation, Arun, can you imagine at the next Agnostic Front Jam, Mike Gallo going up to the rest of the guys and saying, you know, I spoke to a bunch of guys from India and they play in a hardcore band called the Riot Peddlers. <laughs> what would go through your mind? if you? be killer, man. <laughs> yeah, for them to just know who we are. Yeah, the be. fact that he got so bowled over by the fact that <laughs> hardcore yeah, exists hardcore outside of here. New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> outside these streets. Outside these streets. <laughs> oh my God. He was, he literally, I don't know how many times he brought it up even before we actually started recording, but he kept on re-emphasizing that I was so surprised to find an Indian number on my on myself. Yeah. And and trust me, if it, if it honestly, if it, if it's only going to take uh, five plane tickets or maybe six because they want to get somebody along to get them here. I think it's something worth saving for. Yeah, man. Like totally. maybe, I don't know, maybe two years down the line, put aside a little bit of money every month, yeah. just get them here. And the best thing about hardcore is like the way uh, Mike was telling us that they don't they don't consider themselves to be way better than us or anything. These are the kind of guys that would hang out with you after a gig and they'd be totally cool to play at someone's basement. And that's another thing, another aspect of hardcore that I really liked. No, I mean, I, I, I can yeah. imagine because this is essentially, and I was reading, I know he's not that much of a hardcore kid, but I was reading about uh, Dave Grohl and his uh, biography and just kind of like him coming up. It was just crazy, like as a 15, 16, I think 16, 17 year old kid, him playing in people's basements and stuff like that. So yeah. that's the kind of image I, I have in my head. So now it's time for me to turn the table on both of you, Animesh and Arun. Because uh, we brought up uh, Riot Peddlers and you know how influential Agnostic Front. Um, 
a little birdie told me <laughs> that you guys are in the studio so what can you tell us about that and oh. what's coming up well we have an ep that's coming up soon which is a five song ep that we've been wanting to release for a while now and we're finally getting to it uh and we think it's going to actually be really good and it's going to be as unique as our last ep hopefully but we let uh, our listeners be the judge of that we sure we're pretty sure they won't be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> you remember those reviews that came in after uh, after sarcasm yeah <laughs> i remember yeah, that they'll definitely not be di- disappointed <laughs> yeah you, you know in the way the indian music scene keeps changing and going through so many patterns i'm pretty sure all those guys who reviewed uh, sarcasm are no longer even listening to like any indian bands <laughs> probably are listening to like the I don't know pop or whatever they listen to now. No, no, they are all listening to Gutslit. <laughs> or they are listening to <laughs> any of the rap guys, <laughs> pop yeah. whatever, <laughs> Gully. <laughs> yeah, but fuck that shit. Uh, yeah. We are not even making music for them. We are making music for us. At least I am. Yeah, I don't know. yeah me yeah, too. Right? Yeah. This is something that we've been wanting to do for a really long time, and it's finally. Yeah, and it's. Yeah, it's taking shape. Yeah, it's taking, taking shape. It's taking its own sweet time, but. I think all that time will I mean aren't uh, relying on it to be really successful or anything yeah, you know we're just putting it out there like yeah. check this out it needs know? to be put out we yeah need just to, need to we yes. just need to release this now yeah. yeah can can whoever is listening to this have an expected release date uh we're looking at jan sometime in mid jan okay yeah so here here's a horns up exclusive for <laughs> 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 well, all of you who are listening yeah uh, Jan uh, ride peddlers n- new decade new year <laughs> new <laughs> ride peddler yes, cp vision 2020 couldn't ever be this clear <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow very good oh my As god abey tu to likha hai lyrics iske baad are yaar damn it likho that's on the third ep whenever that comes out <laughs> anyways thank you so much arun for your time it's been a pleasure thanks uh, for having me guys Do you want people to reach out to you so that they so that they can chat with you on Twitter or something? If so, uh, share your ID. Otherwise, don't. Whatever your call. Oh, you could reach me on Instagram if you want. At the rate the right peddler. Yeah, that's the right peddler. Singular, yeah, singular. Okay, there's no plural. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And for the rest of you, I'm at Asmohani, and I'm at Trend Crusher. You can write to us at Hansa Pod. एक बारी at least yeah just come on send in a hi so that we at least know that somebody's out there listening. Yeah that's that's all I'm asking for maybe I'm asking for too much but hey horns up we make dreams come true till the next time horns up horns up horns up <laughs> <laughs>